Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Monday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks for joining us. We had quite a, a wrap to last week. We are talking about cryptocurrency helping solve pediatric cancer. Talked about the freedom model, fighting addiction, and today we're going to be talking about restoring reason with author Dr. Travis Cochran. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. Hey, thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me on, man. Good Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, thank you for helping us restore some reason here. Uh, and that's where we're going to lead the conversation today, because you just wrote a brand new book, Restoring Reason, and we're focusing on getting people to start talking about some of the, the issues and the problems we see in the world but maybe through a little less emotional and, uh, shall we say, more intensive lens. Uh, before we get there, though, Dr. Travis Corcoran, please introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience. And uh, what got you into this world of trying to help people restore some reason? Hi, Brian. Uh, well, I'll keep it real short about me because the more important thing is really about restoring reason, restoring reason to politics, to uh, to business, to investments, to relationships. And at the very least, if we can just restore reason to discussion. Um, I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I work in the Netherlands. We manage about nine different practices. Uh, previously, I studied philosophy, biology, nuclear engineering. And uh, yeah, what, I, what got me to write this book was, yeah, probably the same thing as you. You observe in the world that uh, we seem to be a bit toxic with emotion. Uh, and we are, are quite deficient in reason. And this is why we see a lot of triggered people and uh, we see our liberties slipping away. So I thought uh, what we need is the liberal arts or the arts of restoring uh, the arts of liberty. Yeah. And we also talk about, you know, the ability to have these conversations and, and maybe do so in a critical thinking way, which hasn't been looked at in positive light as of late, which I don't understand why. Critical thinking, I was told, is now a considered form of white supremacy, I think, um, which is a little scary if that's the the narrative. But thankfully, you know, we, we are having some people who are, like yourself, fighting back. And I say fighting back, but more so just helping show where we've lost our way. And we've seen right now, there is, as my the alarm here goes off, it's noon, by the way. Um, yeah, we, we see right now there's anxiety, there's despair, depression running rampant in our society, and people are looking for alternative ways of doing things and maybe just trying to take a step back and unplug from the sensory overload. So let's start things off with your book. Um, what was the initial, I guess, launching off part that made you say, I need to write this book? Uh, like 
like I was saying earlier, it's just this constant observation we have where friends, family, colleagues, the people I want to help, uh, clients in our offices, what I see is uh, my fellow human beings being pulled around by the nose, uh, led by their emotions. And um, I used to have this term, and I'm sure you've probably heard it too, like ruled by emotion. And I'm now I'm rephrasing that. I don't think we're ruled by emotion. You know, we have one voice of reason, and that's what should really be ruling our mind. But um, and I used to say, well, people are ruled by emotion. But the the actual truth is, no one's ruled by emotion. You're ruled by others that elicit the emotions. So until you take some sovereignty and responsibility for your mind, um. Someone else, whatever institution, individual, or ideology elicits the emotions, that's what rules the individual that refuses to uh, practice critical thinking. And right now we're seeing there is definitely a pushback. Big tech, education, academia across the board. It seems right now you've been told to stop thinking for yourself. And we see this, right? Trust the experts. Go out. Let let your thoughts be determined for you. How do we get to that point, Travis? Uh, I think uh, comfort, man. Times are times are good, and people um, just allowed this to happen due to indifference, right? It's uh, very. It's. It, I think it's due to intellectual laziness. Everything you said it perfectly. Everything's just provided for us. I used to give the example of uh, you've heard this, right? Uh, teach a man to fish, he never goes hungry. Give a man a fish, and he'll need a fish the next day. This is what these big institutions do. Uh, they want to. They just want to be the sole provider of fish. So that we stay dependent and we yeah lose our liberty. I see this with uh, and by the way I apologize. The we have to make sure that the fire hall's alarm works every single day at noon. So that's the noise that the audience hears in the background. But going back to um, you're talking about the you know giving people the fish instead of teaching them how to fish. I used to do this with my sales team back when I was I was training my sales team. I could give them the answer to the problems they're facing. Brian, the prospect won't get back to me. Brian, this person hung up on me. What should I do? And uh, I, I could give them, you know, here's what I would do in your situation. But I'd say, well, let's kind of you know, walk through. What, what did you do? What, and let's maybe re, re, reverse engineer. Why did you go that route versus and be a different route? And I think right there is giving people the opportunity to take a yeah. step back and actually, to your point, think for themselves, ask themselves the questions, Hmm. Why? Why am I doing yeah. this? What is there? Is there a reason I'm doing this? Is there a reason that I'm not taking the initiative? And I think right there, we're starting to see there, there's been this this uh, bridging of worlds almost. You and I just had over uh, the past few days. I mentioned here in the intro uh, we had Jim on the show talking about uh, and it was uh, Mark Sh- uh, Sheeran, by the way, uh, for folks if they want to go back and listen to the episode on Friday, fighting addiction using the freedom model, and it was. He was basically going off and taking down the traditional 12-step systems that are out there and saying, no, 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 you as an individual have the ability to, to make your life better by simply taking control, taking autonomy of yourself. And he was going through and, and saying how you're, and it's funny how things kind of work out, how your traditional self-help mentality doesn't really work. And I thought it was interesting because you have actually in, in your, uh, your book that approach saying, no, your typical approach to self-help doesn't actually help. It actually hurts. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that, please? Yeah, Brian, that was probably my favorite part. Favorite part of the book to write. I probably could have done another 20 pages. And um, but why that doesn't work is because the majority of those self-help programs or self-help uh, advice is based on emotion somehow to uh, control or regulate emotion. Uh, they all put emotion at the centerpiece. And the problem with that is that emotions are 
they're, they're reactions. They're automatic. It's not something you, it's not something you control or nurture directly anyway, I'll say. Um, and I can give an example to explain how that is. But what we do have control over, what's not a reaction, is our thought. Intellectual thought is not a reaction. Thinking requires intellectual rigor. It's a process. That's why it's there's a difference between an emotional reaction and a thoughtful response. So this is why all those things fail, um, because they don't work on you. They're just messing around kind of with the symptoms. By playing with the emotion, you don't really achieve anything. It's um, And furthermore, that's why they're so popular. It's easy to buy these because they appeal to emotion. And uh, they don't require any real intellectual rigor. So there's a big draw for this. I don't really have to do anything. I just find a guru or self-help person that uh, spins a lot of romantic cliches to me that make me feel temporarily good, but really make no permanent change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you also, uh, as you're talking about that in the book, you started to talk more on the idea of focusing on the trivium. What's the trivium? The trivium that comes from Latin. Uh, Tri yeah, trivium. It's uh, via is vium, so that's uh, like the plural for via and tri three, right? So it's this. Uh, it's really the first three of the seven classical liberal arts. Those first three, uh, they deal with the quality of the mind. The other four, I don't really talk about those much, but they deal with the quantity of the environment. That would be um, arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. And I'm not that concerned. We're, we're not there yet. I think first we should work on the quality of our mind. So those first three, the trivium is traditionally knowledge, understanding and wisdom. Um, but they also be called more classically once academia took hold. They were called uh, grammar, logic, rhetoric. But for like uh, the best way for people to digest this, just think input processing and output, much like a computer. So knowledge is the first liberal art. That's a ledger of what we know, knowledge. So we acquire knowledge and we do that um, almost every day. And knowledge can be correct or incorrect. In fact, um, it's funny, the word science today, you hear trust the science, trust the science. Sciences comes from the Latin, that's a sciare or science. And that means to know, sciare means to know. Knowledge, or if you look up the definition of science, it means a body of knowledge. So biological science, that's a body of knowledge of science. Um, knowledge or science is is always improving. We, we look for um, contradictions, inconsistencies, errors, and we remove those. So knowledge is concerned with being correct. The second liberal art, logic, that's more concerned with an understanding of the, of the knowledge, right? These are two different things. Knowledge can be correct or incorrect. Um, understanding or logic, that is true or false, depending on the formal structure of the arguments. And then finally is the third liberal art, which is rhetoric or wisdom, which is an expression of that knowledge and understanding. Something that our current politicians uh well, I don't know. They used to be really good at it, but now I think everyone has, is uh, comfortable enough to see through this empty political rhetoric. Yeah. Well, and let's let's maybe focus on that a little bit. That the contemporary applications of what we're seeing here, we just all spent the past two years being told, and you said the magic words: trust the experts, trust the science, and your average person for I would say maybe a few months was on board with that, and then as the narrative started to change. And the experts started to change their expert opinions. But the you look back, the, the science 
wasn't changing, despite the argument, well, the science did change, it didn't really change. We, we see right now there is this demand and this, uh, I would say, in, in our target market, a desire for people to restore this reason, right? And, and start talking about things in a reasonable way. So let's apply the book to what we've seen happen over the past two years. If I were an average person and wanting to uh, you know, restore some reason in our political discourse, how would I go about that? Well, yeah, you actually talked about how that just occurred naturally. The, the example you gave how in the first couple months, yeah, people were kind of on board. That's because there was a giant appeal to emotion and emotions are a reaction. So of course it's initial. I mean, no matter how much you study logic and critical thinking, uh, you cannot turn off your emotions. Yeah, thankfully, right? Because that's where compassion also comes from. Um, but this collective uh, example you have where at the beginning, everyone was kind of taken in. Well, yeah, of course. That's the appeal to emotion. It's a normal reaction to be afraid, I guess, um, since that's what the message was delivering. But what you saw is like the this was a great indicator too. like it was a good filter to know who the most critical thinkers were in your in your circle, in your network, because it was only a few months later where people started to go, wait a minute. If this is science, then why is the science different across national borders? Right. Slowly but surely, you begin to find contradictions, uh, errors in the reasoning, uh, logical inconsistencies. So this is exactly what the Trivium is used for. We have knowledge. We're not yet certain if it's correct or incorrect. And that's why we have logic. We should uh, have, check our premises. Does that does the conclusion follow from that? This is exactly what we should. And then the third and final liberal art is. Um, yeah, we should be able to discuss this with others. We should be able to have uh, good, rational discourse. And uh, what you were saying earlier, yeah, big tech is already uh, monstrously against that. It's uh, The censorship is a great indication of where they stand. Well, we all saw it, right? Whenever there was an alternative viewpoint and an alternative fact, which I that expression just made my skin crawl. Um, whenever we saw that, right, big tech would go out of their way, not just to either you know reduce the outreach of that person or individual organization, but in some cases, yeah. just outright cancel them, just, just completely obliterate them, deperson them. And that was scary. That was really scary because and I, I've had really good friends who we, we all went to the, the same liberal arts college. We were all taught the very, you know, the, the trivia. We were taught that. And, and to see some of the people who I went to college with just like act like none of that existed and they just fell right in line. And that right there maybe was the scariest part too, Travis, is that so yeah. many people did fall in line. And maybe, yeah. like, maybe that's a little bit of a red flag. And I guess that's partly why your book is so important. So to those people, the people who just fell in line, what can we do to help get them on board and see the error of their ways? Um, you know, you brought up an example earlier when you were talking about your sales team, you said you'd like to ask them questions. That's the best thing to do. Most people, when they dig in, it's because they, when they refuse to think critically or they, they're stuck in this emotional reactive uh, state, I guess, the first thing to do is make them feel safe because they're in a very sympathetic stress response, very defensive. It's fight or flight. They're, they either just want to get out of there or they want to like dig in and argue with you. Right. And it's very emotional, unproductive. The reason they're that way is because they're afraid. They're afraid that they're um, that they're so attached to perspectives and 
that's the first thing I do. I try to say, it's not my idea. It's not my perspective. I go, here's an idea. See, the moment we start using possessive pronouns before my idea, my belief, my perspective, then it's um, we internalize it. We don't put it on the platform where we can both observe and look at it and uh, just have a great discussion. What? How about this perspective? But people always say, here's what I, my thoughts. What about here's a thought? Use an indefinite uh, article beforehand. If we start with that and then let them know that uh, it's safe and like, hey, I understand what you, I understand how you feel. I understand this, blah, blah, blah. Can we just talk about this? I just really want to understand your point of view, how you got there, where it's coming from. And then ask questions to demonstrate that you really care. When you're asking questions, that forces them to think. It's hard to be really emotional and thinking at the same time. And when you brought that example up about your sales team, if any of them were emotional, like, hey, how do these leads? Hey, let me ask you a question real quick. To answer that, they have they have to start thinking, right? So that's a great technique when you have someone who's really high, like highly emotionally, uh, yeah, activated. I'll say, asking them questions is a great way to force them to begin thinking and to turn those emotions off. Uh, they might quickly go right back, but when I say ask questions, I mean legitimate questions, not like what the hell's wrong with you? Or, you know, that's not a legit question. If you ask questions to understand, it's going to force them to think. The Socratic method isn't so popular or, or as popular as is for no reason, right? Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I, I I love the fact that you, you're talking about asking great questions because we just had on the program last week, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, Tim Wackel. He's a sales legend. And uh, we talked about that, the art of asking great questions. And that is imperative. And I know my audience is going to be just, you know, rolling their eyes because I always say it. Everything is sales. Whether you realize it or not, you're either selling yourself an idea, a, a, you know, a good, a service, a benefit, a product, whatever it may be, you're selling something. So with that in mind, you have to be able to effectively articulate your ideas, but you do so not necessarily by just saying how great it is, but by getting the person to think, getting them to put themselves in the shoes of either A, challenging the the, the status quo idea they had before, or challenge them to see what it would look like to explore a yeah. different alternative. So with the tail end of the conversation, we're already approaching Travis. I can't believe it. Um, I want people to be able to feel like there are some actionable steps that they can take to right now to if they feel that they're fighting this this battle against reason they're trying to restore the reason to their 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 lives but also to the lives of others around them i know obviously the step 1 would be for directing them towards the book um and we're going to talk about that at the end of the conversation um but what would you say in terms of actually getting some some systematic things right now actionable things whether it's in life business that people can start to do immediately and see some more tangible results in their their lives firsthand I would say the first thing, and this, in my experience, this uh, dismisses 80% of uh, problems uh, with conflicts, things like this, or, and you're making investment decisions as well. Define your terms. Like you said, everyone's selling all the time. It just so happens that our, um, our governments, they're selling ideologies, and they're very effective at it, unfortunately, um, and they sell our freedoms down the road. So, I, I mean, I'm trying to sell like a better life. I want to, I want to restore reason. I want to restore reason to this uh, crazy world. So I'm selling an ideology as well that I, that I, I have a strong conviction it's better for the world. And what I would do is how I start is define terms. Define your terms. It's amazing how I can watch or observe two people argue and uh, 
stepping back, like I said, I think they're actually in agreement. They're just, they just don't understand the words they're using. Uh, a great example of that right now is like liberal and conservative, as if these are opposites or something, right? I mean, I'm very conservative with my healthcare. I'm conservative with investments. I'm conservative with things I do, right? I, I'm not risky or extreme or radical. That would be the opposite of conservative. Uh, liberal, uh, I'm also very liberal. I the, the actual etymology of the word liberal uh, is liber and al from alis, of or pertaining to, of or pertaining to liber, which is the Latin root for freedom. So I am all about freedom and I just happen to be conservative. These are not opposites, right? So when we can just put that aside and people stop identifying with words and the definitions and concepts that have been given to them by their, um, yeah, by propagandists and begin to think for themselves. That's a great first step. Define your terms. And then uh, second, understand the difference between thoughts and emotions. They are not the same thing. One is a response. One is a reaction. I know it's difficult for some people. They have this conviction bias that the feelings are so strong. Um, but you really have to check yourself. Um, and, and if you can start there and distinguish the difference between thought and emotion, you're, you're definitely on your way. Right? They're not the same. Yeah. Well, all right, folks. There you go. If you think that what you've heard thus far is definitely piquing some interest. Well, I have awesome news. You can go to the website, and Travis, I'm going to direct you now to, to, to help point the audience in the right way, but they can get the first chapter of Restoring Reason entirely free. So, Travis, we want people to be able to not only get that first chapter, but also we want folks to go ahead and buy the book. So let's uh, give some folks a call to action here. Yeah, great. If you guys are interested, there's no strings attached. You can go to the uh, website, restoringreason.com. And there uh, you have the opportunity to download the first chapter for free. It's going to tell you quite a bit about what the book is about, what to expect, and the approach that I take. Uh, we've looked at, uh, yeah, we, we looked at the intellect as if it has been murdered. So you walk onto a murder scene, and the first thing you want to look at is who are the suspects. And um, the suspects should have means, motive, and opportunity. And though I'd list some of the uh, suspects, which are academia, big tech, I could go on. Um, but just read the book and see if you get a, see if it's what you like. The first chapter is free, no strings attached. Awesome. All right, folks. There we go. There we go, folks. Um, so what we're going to do is for the, the folks in the audience who want to go ahead and check out the uh, the awesome book, we'll include the links all in the show notes. It'll be really easy. Just click your artwork. It'll bring you right to briannicholshow.com where you can find not only the first chapter of Restoring Reason, but also you can find all the social media links, all the links possible. Um, and with that being said, Travis, let's, let's leave the audience with this. And I, I want maybe if you could, to, to put a nice bow on this episode, and this is probably the most unfair question in all of podcasting, but what would be the one thing that if you had to go back and look at your book and you give it to somebody and you say, here's the thing I really want you to take away from this book. It is blank. It is this. The quality of your life depends 100% on the quality of the actions you take. And the quality of the actions you take is 100% dependent on the quality of the decisions you make. And your, the quality of your decisions depends 100% on the quality of your mind. So if you're not cultivating and nurturing your mind, then you're neglecting the quality of your life and you're the only one to blame. I wish everyone the best and I want a better world, and a better life, and I want you to have a better life. And that starts with your mind. 
You'd love to see it. Dr. Travis Corcoran, thank you for joining the program. And with that, folks, if you want to go ahead again and grab that cost, uh, awesome copy, there we go, of Restoring Reason. Yes, chapter one will be available in the show notes, and uh, we'll make sure we include the links there for folks to go ahead and get a copy of their own. But with that being said, thank you for joining us on today's inaugural episode of this episode for the week of The Brian Nichols Show. Dr. Travis Corcoran, thank you for joining The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks, Brian, man. It was a, it was a real blast, man. I love your energy. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. This is renegade statesman Eric Brakey, host of Free America Now, a podcast for people ready to strike down tyranny. As a former state legislator who knows how the political machine works, I lead every episode with a free-range discussion alongside thinkers, activists, and policymakers. People like Tom Woods, Hannah Cox, and WWE superstar and Knox County Mayor Glenn Kane Jacobs on just how to free America now. New episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, and you can find Free America Now on your favorite podcasting app. So be sure to subscribe, unless you're a communist, in which case I understand why you wouldn't really like the show. Furthermore, my opinion is the Federal Reserve should be destroyed, so let's free America now.